Welcome. The season is upon us. Thank you for joining us for the Texas Two-Step. I'm your host, Jay Bass, also known as Mr. Underscore Fresh Underscore Water on Twitter, on Instagram. Just wanted to give you a season preview here. We got about seven days, six days, excuse me, until the first game and Basically, I'm just going to go over everything you need to know going into the first game, expectations, depth chart, um, where the pulse of the fan base is, and um, yeah, we're going to have a good time. Uh, first, want to give a shout out to the fanboys. Uh, make sure you check out all of our channels. You can go to thefanboys.com. That's D-A-F-A-N-B-O-Y-S.com. Uh, shout out to our sponsors, uh, this show and all of our shows brought to you by Clemson Wine Bar, Arden's Burgle and Grill, and also Pepsi. Uh, special shout out to TrueVictory.com as well. Um, so let's get right into it. Uh, me being an avid Texas fan, I've been, man, I've been trying to do the best I can trying to survive this offseason, but um, it's hard to contain all the excitement. I think this team has a lot to be excited for. I think there is plenty that um, we want to see on the field as a fan base. And uh, yeah, let's just let's take a look at some of the the key pieces on the roster, starting with the offense. Texas going into this year has one of the most talented quarterback rooms. Obviously, uh, the big name is Arch Manning that recently came in. He'll be a true freshman. Uh, but Quinn Ewers is returning, hoping to have an improved and developed season. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian, the head coach, is known as developing quarterbacks. And this is a season where it's a money season for both of them. Um, It's a money season for Quinn because uh, this is a season where he can really uh, showcase all of the skills that he put on display at South Lake Carroll. He's got the golden arm. He's got Uh, the height he's got the stature he's got everything you want really and to be honest um, I think it's only a matter of time before he explodes this year Um, behind him you got Malik Murphy who is a very very talented uh, quarterback himself this was one of Sark's very first offers when he got to Texas huge arm Um, he looked good in the spring game and I think that you know worst case scenario knock on wood if Quinn ever went down I think there would be still some confidence that Malik could go out there and execute the offense the way that that Steve Sarkeesian wanted to be. Um, Let's take a look at a different uh, room here. These quarterbacks are going to be throwing to probably the most or if not the most, one of the most talented rooms in the wide receiver room. Uh, Big, big time receiver in Xavier Worthy. Um, He's projected to be a first round pick. Uh, He leads the conference over the past couple of years in touchdown receptions, deep play threat, big time speed, ran a 10-5 as a sophomore in high school, uh, set all kind of receiving records as a freshman. Last year as a sophomore, regressed a little bit, but I think that with the addition of the other weapons in the room, he'll be able to take advantage of of not being so uh, isolated and focused on um, as a as a primary option. Um, so I expect him to do big, big things next year. Uh, he's going to have uh, less burden, less weight on his shoulders 
with the addition of A.D. Mitchell, a transfer from Georgia. He's got a little bit of an injury-plagued history, but when he shows up, he shows up in the biggest moments, in the biggest games. He's got a touchdown reception in every single playoff game he had with Georgia. Uh, he's a hometown kid, um, and by all the reports out of spring, he is a primary or one of the main primary options for Quinn, especially in the underneath and intermediate. I'm excited to see what he can do um, in the spring game. He had a one-handed touchdown grab. Uh, it's just, it's becoming an abundance of riches in that room. Um, also, you have Isaiah Nayor coming back, big time, big body receiver. Uh, he's a transfer from Wyoming, um, sort of a late developer out of high school, but he is, I mean, he can run like a deer, every bit of 6'3", uh, 215 plus pounds. Um, he's got the size, he's got the speed. Uh, he's that big body X receiver that you, I mean, if you could draw it up in a lab, uh, he's the type of player that you would create. So you add him along with A.D. Mitchell, along with Xavier Worthy, and you've got three big time playmakers, uh, along with coming back the gritty guy, uh, Jordan Whittington. He's been the guy who does all the dirty work, the screens, uh, the third down receptions. He's unheralded. He doesn't have the same speed as Xavier Worthy, doesn't have the same size as you know, Isaiah Nayer, he doesn't have the same uh, notoriety as A.D. Mitchell in the playoff games, but he is a reliable receiving weapon. And if you're basically if you're counting that guy as a fourth option, uh, that's a heck of a fourth option. And part of the reason that this wide receiver room is so deep. Um, other guys that are developing, Jontae Cook, five star recruit that just came in. This guy is going to be big time as well. He's the future of that position. You've got um, guys like DeAndre Moore, also in the fold, smooth guy who could be called upon. And then a guy that is returning from last year, Casey Kane. I mean, just a ridiculous amount of options. And this is going to be a constant theme throughout this depth chart is that if one person goes down, finally, Texas has some depth to where it won't be catastrophic once that starter has to come off the field. Um, let's look at the running back room. You've got the starter, the presumed starter in Jonathan Brooks, silky smooth runner. Reminds me personally of a Keontae Ingram uh, when he originally came on campus. Very, very patient runner. He's got a feel and a knack for finding creases and holes. Um, he is, I mean, he was born to run in a zone schemed offense, and I think he'll be utilized and highlighted a lot of the season. Uh, you've heard Texas fans say that Sark has had a thousand yard rusher every single year he's been a head coach, and I don't think that streak comes to an end. I think he is a guy that you can rely on. He can catch out of the backfield. And uh, if you watch this guy run, I mean, he just, he looks like a running back. Uh, behind him, you've got the heralded five-star CJ Baxter. Um, he is a big, upright, physical running back that I think will get a lot of playing time and a lot of opportunities. He may not initially be the bell cow, but I think that as the season progresses, progresses if there is a change of guard at the running back position he is going to be one to watch out for um, he is a guy who can also catch out of the backfield he is a guy that is the future of that running back room 
And then let's not also forget, we also have other weapons like Akilam Robinson. This guy does everything that Sark asks him to do. He's a good pass blocker. He's a good pass catcher. He can run at exceptional speed. He transferred in a couple years back from Alabama with Sarkeesian, so he followed him to Texas. And so he is a Swiss Army knife as far as weapons go. You can put him in the backfield and you know have him run routes. Um, you can maybe end around. I'm just I'm really curious to see how they utilize him with the depth we have. And then we've got guys like a Jaden Blue, who is coming along. Um, he was a guy as a junior in in high school was also a number one running back in the country um, so you know we're still waiting to see him flourish but he has that capability and he has that type of potential across the o-line i think this is where a lot of the uh, kind of hesitant excitement comes from bunch of young guys we have a kelvin banks who's a freshman all-american we've seen him we know what he's going to be but we also have some guys who are coming back all five offensive linemen are coming back and some and we also have some five-star guys who are basically stepping into their own we have a guy like dj campbell five-star guy guard he's looking like he's taking hold of the position everything we've heard he's a run grader and he can just flat out maul anything you put in front of him. Uh, we have the center. Uh, this guy is a fifth year senior. Um, so he is a stronghold at the position. We're looking for him uh, to make the proper calls, to be the leader of that group, especially when you got young guys. Uh, we also have uh, Hayden Connor and Cole Hudson. Uh, they're competing, returning back from last year. They're competing at a guard spot. And then you also have a returning upperclassmen, plenty of experience in Christian Jones at right tackle, uh, who is a mammoth in and of himself. So, I mean, you're coming, anytime you can bring back all of your offensive linemen who are presumed to have a lot of playing time, that is a good sign. And so for this offense, I mean, you pair it back all of this talent, all of this experience, all of this uh, untapped potential that is starting, starting to show itself, along with this schedule that has been extremely favorable for us um, outside of the you know anticipated match with Alabama, I think that you can kind of see why Texas fans are so excited. Looking at the defense, the defense is also returning some experience, guys. And also, uh, I mean, they have talent all over the field. We'll start with the D-line. Tavondre Sweat is a mammoth in the middle, nose tackle. Uh, he is a returning uh, experienced upperclassman. Alongside him, alongside him is Byron Murphy, another huge human being. Uh, these are the two run stuffers up the middle. Uh, one of the primary reasons I expect Texas to be a elite, not just a good, not just a great, but an elite run stopping team uh, because of those two guys up the middle. Um, if you can protect the A-gap and if you can also stuff the A-gap, uh, you're going to be able to be a physical football team. And I think we'll be able to do that on offense, and I think we'll be able to do that on defense. Uh, looking at our edges, we have a guy who took a monumental step last year in Baron Sorrell. He's our strong side defensive end. He, his primary responsibility is stopping the run. He comes back for another year, and I'm expecting another huge jump. This is my player to watch. Um, I expect him to uh, absolutely have a major impact off the edge. 
opposite him. These, this is one of the areas where uh, if Texas is going to take that leap into that elite category, we're going to have to get substantial play out of the opposite edge, that weak side, that pass rushing specialist. Right now, we have an Ethan Burke there who is a 6'6", 6'7", type of guy, extremely long wingspan. He, we needed him to put on weight. It's been his main thing. We needed him to put on weight, and I think uh, that I think the coaches like at least where he is right now. He may not be a finished product, but he's a serviceable, pro- serviceable product enough for us to put him on the field and give us solid play. Behind him, we have Colton Vasek. Uh, he was a guy that we really wanted and also played alongside Ethan Burke at Westlake High School. Um, we also have some guys in the fold, a Justice Finkley, who may get some uh, playing time at both strong side, defensive end, and weak side edge. Uh, just a lot of guys who are extremely, extremely talented, have very high ceilings, but we're going to need somebody to step up in that room. And by all accounts, uh, the good thing is, is that while they are playing better and they're playing much improved, we don't we don't need them to carry the weight of everything on their shoulders. We don't need them to be uh, the you know best edge in the country. We just need you to do your responsibility, uh, stay in your lane, stay in your gap, and be and be technically sound. Uh, that's the that's the moral of the story for the weak side edge position um, at linebacker we have our all-american coming back in a, a really really talented opposite and he may play edge but i'm going to list him as a linebacker and anthony hill um we we also have uh, other guys in the fold like a liana liana lafau who is a true freshman but is already turning heads making guys fumble um, so, you know, between Jalen Ford and Anthony Hill and LaFowle, uh, plenty of guys in that room. We have younger guys who are coming off for injury in high school. But again, they're now in this college strength and conditioning program. So uh, while they may not be a significant contributor, the opportunities that they do get, they will be valuable going forward, especially for the future of that linebacker room. So Jalen Ford is that guy to watch. Anthony Hill is that five-star heralded guy that you just have to find a way to incorporate him in your defensive scheme. Expect him to be moved around and and be utilized as a, as a pass rusher. Uh, he came on campus as one of the best pass rushers already. Uh, so that is something that we're going to be watching and, and hopefully we get to see him make explosive plays. In the secondary, this is the cream of the crop. Uh, you've got Jalen Catalan. Uh, He's going to be that guy uh, upholding the secondary experienced guy, all conference, all American type potential. He can, you know, deliver the hit and run support. He can play the coverage. He can be a solid, solid guy that's commanding all of the secondary schemes. Alongside him will be Jaron Thompson, another guy who is very, very good in run support. These two guys along with the two defensive tackles and the All-American at linebacker. I mean, you're talking about a solidified bunch right up the middle. And this is, again, why I expect Texas to be an elite run-stopping team. Um, On the outside, we do have a returning starter in Ryan Watts, a cover-two boundary-type 
corner who is very physical at the line of scrimmage. Gave us a solid, really solid play at that corner spot. Opposite him, we have a Terrence Brooks who is a five-star guy. Again, broken record, but another top elite type talent coming out. Um, he is looking to finally get his chance to showcase what he can do. Battling with Terrence Brooks, we have a Gavin Holmes who st statistically, according to his grades at PFF, he is a very, very solid guy in coverage. We want to see um, if that translates at Texas. Um, at Wake Forest, I think he gets a bad rep because that Wake Forest defense as a unit was not very good. But as an individual, he is by all reports coming out of spring, fall camp, he is a guy who may just be our best cover guy, just a natural cover guy. Uh, not a very uh, big person. He's, he's a kind of a slim build, uh, but he, by all accounts, again, has been that cover guy. In the nickel, very, very solid there. Uh, we have not only uh, Gilbo returning, um, who is a very, very physical player in his own right, but Jade Barron. This is a kid that you are going to want to remember his name. He fights. Let's let's just start here. The nickel position has a lot of responsibility. You have run support. You have pass coverage. You have um, really you're almost on an island because from where you're playing in coverage, uh, the receiver often times has a two-way go and what that means is he could go inside and release or he can release outside so it has to be a guy who can cover and who can also since they're playing closer to the line of scrimmage closer to the box area where the linemen are it's also a guy who has to be able to come up and run support and also make open field tackles uh, we see wide receiver screens all the time that's prevalent in today's game uh, this has to be a guy and honestly this is where he specializes he can fight through blocks and he can make open field tackles. So we have a guy that is really, really the primary definition of a dog, right? Uh, he is a guy who is gritty, who can make the tackles, and we have depth there as well. So you're looking at the offense and defense, and it's like, okay, this is how Texas should be built. Uh, honestly, I'm going to steal the words from, from Steve Sarkeesian. Uh, he says this looks like his team. And as a fan of the Texas Longhorns, I'm looking at it like, yeah, this looks like my team. This is ideally what you want to see from a premier program such as the Texas Longhorns, who have the resources, who have the recruiting, who have every natural advantage, uh, the recruiting uh, uh, fertile ground and the recruiting rankings all say that, hey, this is a team that is built from top to bottom. From the top of the depth chart to the bottom. So now this is the year. Sark's in his third year. We want to see him go out and perform. And I think you'll see that. You look at uh, some of the things that may uh, be a hindrance. And some of the things that may. Some of the areas of opportunity for this team. Uh, we want to get solidified in the kicking game. I think Burt Auburn was good last year. We're looking for him to take a step up. Uh, get something out of the kick return game. Um, Xavier Worthy is the presumed punt returner. I think it'll be some guys rotating there. Keelan Robinson may be the guy returning kicks. Again, exceptional speed. Hopefully we get some explosive, exciting plays. We got some big returns last year, but we did not get the the type of, of returns that, you know, just changed the momentum of a game. 
like the return touchdowns or, you know, even getting down in the red zone, uh, really flipping that, that field position. That's what we're looking to see. Uh, one thing that we can say that was a bonus is that in the uh, pump block game, Keelan Robinson specialized in, in blocking punts. Uh, we were a very good uh, team in that regard. Kind of came up to came back to bite us in the TCU game, but overall, um, I mean, it was exceptional. Also, another area of opportunity besides the kicking game and besides that weak side edge. We do need to have someone step up opposite Jalen Ford at that linebacker spot. Uh, right now we have, again, Ant Hill. Uh, we're waiting on him to blossom. He's going to be moved around, as I mentioned. But we also have uh, plenty of guys like a Mike, uh, excuse me, like a David Benda. Uh, this is a guy who is a prototypical Big 12 type linebacker. Really, at one point he was moved to running back and they moved him back. So that kind of speaks to his athleticism. Um, I think that um, the the positive thing is that from the reports of spring, he was somebody who was basically at the top of the pecking order from the very beginning. So he's a guy who's kind of taken that position by storm from the very beginning and hasn't relinquished it. We all want to see the five star go crazy out there. But I think it is a good sign that he has not only gone out there at, at or excuse me, gone out there with the ones, but he has never wavered in that position, which is, you know, uh, when, it's, when you're talking about a potential weakness, that is always a good thing of somebody stepping up and kind of taking over that position. With all of those things being said, looking at this Texas schedule, uh, I my expectation is that the floor and this is if everything goes wrong, we're talking about a nine win team again, worst case scenario with all of this talent. I presume my expectation is that they're going to be a 10 win team. Uh, I would not be shocked if they went 11 and one or if they ran the table, to be quite honest. Uh, we're going to see a, a lot of. Uh, talent on display in the first game, but I don't know if you're going to see a whole bunch of creativity. Um, I expect it to be rather vanilla with Alabama coming in week two, but I will say that I am looking forward to all of all of the Texas talent being put on display. Uh, we've got some renovations to the stadium, so hopefully we can see the new light display with all of the touchdowns being scored in week one. Um, as they progress through the season, uh, you know, injuries are going to happen. Um, moments of adversity is going to happen on the field. We need to see this team respond. We need to see Sark respond. Um, it is it is a put up or shut up year for the entire fan base, for the entire team. And honestly, I have faith. I know in previous years, the running joke is, hey, Texas has always had talent. They've always been hyped in the offseason. But this is truly the year where there is no excuses. And I think because there are no excuses, I think the players understand that it's on them. I think the coaching staff understands that it's on them. There's nothing you can point to to say, OK, this is the reason why we didn't live up to the hype. There's no other reason why you can say this is the year we did not reach that Big 12 championship. And as a fan, as a close follower of this football team, it will be a disaster of a season if not only do they not make it to the Big 12, 
but they don't win it. That is where the expectation is. I think this is a playoff caliber team. I think they have everything that you need to be a playoff caliber team. I think they have the depth necessary. I think they have the talent capability. I think they have the coaching staff prowess. Everything is set in place. The pieces of the puzzle are put together. So I expect them to not only make the Big 12 championship. I expect them to not only win the Big 12. I expect them to be in contention for the playoffs. Um, if I could give a, a equivalent, I would compare them to Alabama's team of last year. If they if they're not a playoff team, they're one of the first teams out, like that fifth team. Um, at the end of the year, if they're not a top ten ranked team, it is going to be a massive disappointment. No Sark is not going to be fired. Uh, there's you know nothing of that caliber, but there will be a massive disappointment and that seat will be warm going into the following season. So with all of that, I hope you're able to better understand uh, the depth chart, the talent, um, the expectations going into the year. The time is now. This is it. College football is back. We are ready to go. And I am excited to see these horns play. Again, check out our, my new segment here on Texas Two-Step. You can check out my YouTube channel, Heart of Texas Football. Uh, that's where we go a little bit more in depth about high school football, about football scheming and theory and strategy. And we have a little bit more of a broad general football talk around the state of Texas. But I appreciate everybody listening. Again, a special shout out to the fanboys. Make sure you check out all of the different podcasts that we have. Even if you're not a fan of Texas, we have fans of so many schools with so many great content creators. Um, I this is honestly it's where I get some of my knowledge from as far as other schools, whether it's in the SEC, ACC, Pac-12, independent, you name it. Um, and it's, it's just a, a joy and an honor and a pleasure to be included with those guys. And again, shout out to our sponsors. And I appreciate every single one of you. Uh, shout out to Pepsi. Uh, shout out to make sure I don't forget anybody here. Yes. Okay, here we go. Shout out to the Clemson Wine Bar. Shout out to Arden's Burger and Grill. Shout out to TrueVictory.com. Be on the lookout. Let me know in the comments. Leave me some feedback. What is it that you want to know about this team? What What are your specific expectations? Maybe they differ from mine. Let me know. We are excited to have you involved. And this is going to be a dialogue. So it's not just going to be me ranting and raving. We want to get y'all involved. Stay tuned for all the new things we have coming up. And again, this is the year. Texas Longhorns playoff team. Hook them.